Hey there, Radiant Souls. It's your host, Gina Kunarian, bursting with excitement to welcome you back to season two of the Shine Within podcast. You've been with me through our incredible first season, and now it's time to crank up the intensity. You know me, your energetic cheerleader, a mom of three fabulous boys, an empowering certified massage therapist, and the game-changing alcohol-free sobriety coach. With my trademark enthusiasm, I'm here to uplift more motivated women to break free from the chains of alcohol dependency. And guess what? We're still defining the norms with our unique non-traditional approach. Get ready to supercharge your transformation as I bring you an all-new lineup of awe-inspiring guests this season. They're the powerhouses in the realms of mindset, health, and spirituality. And they're all set up to equip you with potent tips and tools. We're talking about crafting unyielding confidence, honing laser-focused clarity, and infusing your life with exhilarating energy. This season, our mission is to ignite your creative potential to even greater heights, helping you to manifest the life of your dreams, all while living vibrantly alcohol-free. So buckle up as we journey deeper into the realm of self-discovery, awakening the inner magnificence that's ready to burst forth. Season two of Shine Within is about to take you to new horizons. Get ready to experience your true power and unleash your brilliance. So if you are ready to shine even brighter, welcome. Hey, lovely listeners, if you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either sober curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus, there are special free gifts waiting for you inside the show notes, curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. If you're loving the content, I'd be also so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you're not alone on this journey. I am here for you every step of the way. Welcome to another empowering episode of the Shine Within podcast, where we dive deep into the realms of self-discovery, personal growth, and the transformative power of spirituality. Today, we're thrilled to have the extraordinary guest, Miriam Rachel, a tarot reader, astrologer, and the voice behind the Tarot Table podcast. Known for her no-nonsense approach and dubbed the Queen of Swords, Miriam cuts through the fluff of toxic spirituality with her straightforward and honest insights into real-life issues. In this episode, Miriam opens up about her personal battle with pathological people-pleasing, also known as echoism, and shares the pivotal moments that led her to seek change and find empowerment. Miriam also introduces us to her latest work, Overcoming Echoism with Tarot, Using Tarot for Boundary Setting and Stopping People-Pleasing, a book that offers profound insights into setting boundaries and reclaiming your sense of self through the wisdom of tarot cards. So whether you're looking to deepen your understanding of yourself, explore the therapeutic potential of tarot, or simply find inspiration to embrace your true self, this episode is a treasure trove of wisdom and encouragement. Join us as Miriam Rachel leads us on a journey to uncover the power within and navigate life's challenges with confidence and grace. Welcome to the podcast and congratulations on your new book here. It's Overcoming 
echoism with tarot, using tarot for boundary setting and stopping people pleasing. So nice Thank to have you on my show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, if we can just go ahead and start off by you sharing your personal experience with people pleasing and what was the catalyst that led you to seek change? Okay. So here's the thing. When I was young in my youth, I was one of those sensitive, ugly ducklings and I was scapegoated. I was bullied and I craved and just wanted to fit in. I craved acceptance. So that's what caused me to become a people pleaser. But we're not talking about just any kind of people pleaser. We're talking about pathological people pleasing, which is known as echoism. So echoism is not a medical term. The best way I can describe it is when you look at the scale between uh, with narcissism, you know, you got at the high end of the scale you've got pathological narcissism and then at the opposite end you've got echoism right so with pathological narcissism you only care about yourself and you don't give a crap about anyone else right now with echoism it's the opposite you don't care about yourself you care about everyone else too much so what's the solution to find a happy medium okay but here's the thing, when you are so much craving approval from others, you're going to forget about your needs. You're not going to have boundaries. You're not even going to honor your needs. You want to actually stay out of the spotlight. Whatever someone needs, you're there, regardless of what you're going to sacrifice. And that's what echoism is. And it is very dangerous and it's very common. Now I'm not a I'm not a therapist, I'm not a doctor. I was inspired by Dr. Craig Malkin's work. He he talks about echoism. And that's when I discovered it. I'm like, oh my goodness, after reading his material, I'm just wow, that's me. That's how I was, or that's how I was. So anyway, um I just lost a lot of opportunities because of the people pleasing. Just, yeah, I, I am grieving for a lot of that now, but we know what's done is done and I can't, you know, we're all going to have regrets, right? And that is one that I have major, but what was my catalyst? Well, I have two kids. One has complex special needs. I did everything I could to help him, but it was getting to a point where it was getting dangerous. I'll just say dangerous for me, my health. I was, um, I mean, I, I've always struggled with my weight, um, but at that time I was 300 pounds. I've never been so heavy in my life. That was horrible. Um, that was because I ate to numb myself. And at the same time, I was so depressed. I was almost catatonic and it was a life or death situation. He wasn't thriving at home. It was just a terrible situation. So what was I going to do? Take care of him when I really couldn't just to please society because society expects parents to take care of these kids for the rest of their lives or get him the proper help he needs and get me the proper help that I needed. Well, I chose the latter. And that's that was um, it was a grueling process, a very, very grueling process, but it was the best thing that happened for everybody. And this was in 2017. So it's been over six years now and he's doing better. He's doing better than, 
he was at home. I'll just say that. So, and I obviously did a lot of uh, recovery. You know, I was um, going in for therapy and all that. And um, I'm not 300 pounds anymore. I'm still overweight, but not anything like that. But here's the thing. Um, it's not like I woke up the next day and said, wow, I'm not an echoist anymore. Mm -mm. It was shedding over time. Over time, I found myself saying no more often. I found myself setting boundaries. It was just happening. And another thing that I found myself doing was asking for help. Because when you're an echoist, you're not going to ask for help. You don't want to be a burden to anyone. Right? So that's, uh, it was just something that happened over time. It was just something that happened naturally. So as far as tarot goes, I've been a tarot reader for over 15 years, on and off. There were times when I couldn't do it because of my depression and all that. But I am getting into the thick of it now. And there are many, many tarot spreads for anything that isn't so quote unquote woo woo. There's a lot of practical stuff. You can use tarot for creativity. You can use tarot for problem solving. So there are also spreads for self-reflection. And there are spreads that can help you understand why you don't set boundaries. And I put them in my book. So I talk about my experience with echoism. I talk about how each of these 78 cards in the deck can represent any aspect of people pleasing. And then I talk about some spreads you can practice. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, ironically, 2017 is the time that I started in my started my recovery from alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And I also was a people pleaser. And I never actually heard the term echoism. But I've mm -hmm. definitely heard the term narcissism. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. hear that all the time. But Yes, we have to go to the end of this other side of the spectrum here and say, hey, there are people who are just wanting to make sure everybody else is happy around them. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to take care of other people when you're not taking care of yourself. You no. come first. That's <laughs> you right. Come you first. Do. And you, you look do. wonderful, by the way. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, I've, I've uh, you know, I'm still on my weight loss. I've yo-yoed here and there, but not anymore. We I'm done with yo -yo. that. I've <laughs> <laughs> yo-yo so many times. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. But you know what? Yeah. Um, but this is the thing. Echoism. See, that's funny because every time I've talked to people about it, they're like, I've never heard of that term unless they are in the the field where, you know, mental health field and all that. So um, it's funny because I've been introducing that word to a lot of people. And, you know, I, I want to reference Dr. Craig Malkin because he's the one that introduced it to me pretty much right i've been i've interacted with him on x before so he's very he's very nice very good he's very very smart and um i highly recommend a lot of his material and um yeah so that's just uh that's just the way it is it's echoism is the opposite of narcissism and the best thing you can do is to find middle ground because there were times I will admit there were times when I got a little too selfish. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this at all. But here's the thing. you got to also dial back a bit and choose your battles. Make compromises. As long as your boundaries are not being crossed, choose your battles because some are just not worth 
picking. <laughs> I mean, just some, some are just not worth, just some are not worth it. So that, that can be a little hard too, because when you are focusing on your needs, when you're focusing on your boundaries, you may get a little bit selfish, but you'll realize, mm, okay, if this is not crossing my boundaries, if this isn't really affecting me in a terrible way, sometimes you just got to give. And that's the way you see it. So it, it can, it's a balance, right? It's a balance. Yeah, it does take time. It's a practice, you know, mm -hmm. it is yeah. a practice for sure. And I used to be a yes, ma'am, you know, and now I actually say no, I cannot do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, you have to. And so I started practicing saying no, no, even to myself, like when my mind is telling me, oh, do this, do this, do this, do this, like all these tasks, tasks mm -hmm. in my day. Mm -hmm. No, <laughs> I tell yes. myself no. You know, just prioritize what what what's important at the time. But yeah, can you share a specific instance uh, where tarot reading provided you with clarity or guidance uh, in dealing with people pleasing tendencies? Yeah. So here's the thing: there are some spreads. First of all, you can just do even a one card pool. You can do a one card pool to do some self reflection. Say, for instance, if you are struggling because a friend of yours asked you to go to a party and you don't really want to go but you're not sure why you don't know why so you know what you do do some reflection just take a card say for instance you pull the nine of swords okay you're anxious why are you anxious what are you scared of then it's time to start reflecting ah all right are you afraid that you're going to upset them if you say no and you can even say, what will happen if I do say no, I'm not able to do it. You pull another card, you get the four of wands. Hooray. <laughs> just, just throwing it out there. So that is a really good, simple example of how you can use tarot to do some self-reflection, especially if you are struggling with Ooh, I don't really want to do this, but they really want me to. And I know I should be setting a boundary. Well, why can't you set a boundary? What is, what is, what's upsetting you, right? Yeah. And for the listeners who don't know much about tarot, can you explain what the tarot cards are and how um, people use them? Besides, okay. I mean, your, yours is a spe special, specific kind oh. in general. Yeah, yours is probably oh, well, the best kind to use. Thank you. <laughs> Rider Waite is actually the deck that, you know, mine is, is off of. And that. so tarot is a tool. It's a tool. It was something, it was, it was a tool that was used centuries ago. Now, it didn't start off as a metaphysical divination tool. In the 15th century, it started off as a game in Italy and France, and it just became a divination tool in, I believe, the 17th century or 18th century in France it started, and then it just started to snowball, and the West went on to it. So that's how it's been used. It's been used for divination, but it also can be used for a lot of other uh, things, such as psychology, creativity, and self-reflection, as I said, decision-making, all that. But that really wasn't discovered until, I'd say, recently, recently, over the last probably 20 years or so. Because everybody else thought that tarot was just a tool 
to do psychic readings. And the fact of the matter is there's a lot of misrepresentation of tarot um, because, you know, what you see in the movies and stuff. So it's not accurate what you see. And then this is why, unfortunately, it's been stigmatized as being a tool that is used for evil. <laughs> and it's not. It is not. It's just cardboard. It's just the 78 pieces of cardboard. Beautiful cardboard. But 78 pieces of cardboard. That's all it is. And you could use it for divination. You could use it for self-reflection. Anything. That's the thing. As long as you use it for good, you're good. And I'm happy to see that there are other groups that would have shunned tarot, such as many Christians uh, and other uh, Jewish, uh, you know, um, those who are part of, the, that are more religious. I, I'm happy to see that they're embracing it, not for divination, but for self-reflection and for practical uses. So that's actually nice to see because it shows that the stigma is starting to soften a bit. And there is more awareness that tarot can be used for so many other things, not just divination. That is neat. Yeah, because I'm, I do see it in movies and it's all like evil stuff. Oh, death or whatever. This yeah. is like, wait a minute. Because I know a lot of people who actually use tarot cards and they use it. Their, their intention's different. <laughs> I guess it depends on the intention you have yeah. behind it. And what even my mentor for business coaching, she pulls out a card every day and reflects on it. So <laughs> I totally yeah. see what you're saying about that. And I was always fascinated by the cards. So I'm like, these are pretty neat, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, death. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I remember back in, uh, now death, is it rarely means physical death. Right. I, the only time, the only time it really does is when you're asking about someone who's terminal ready to pass. And if that card comes up, then it means it. But other than that, it means transformation. It can mean an ending, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember back, oh my goodness, this was in the 90s. Do you remember that soap, One Life to Live? Do you yes. remember that soap? Okay. Yeah. I remember Luna Moody. Luna Moody, that was her name. She was a tarot reader. And I remember her pulling the death card and she's like, oh no, I'm going to die. So examples like that didn't exactly help. You know? Right. Yeah. So and I mean, this is this is the thing. There's a lot of misunderstanding about. I've written a lot of articles about death. I've written a lot of literature about death, and really, and I and others have written it. So really, it does not mean. It rarely means physical death. It means transformation. It can mean endings. I don't know if this was a true story or not, but I do remember hearing about this 13-year-old girl that was walking home from school on the sidewalk, and she just suddenly notices the death tarot card. So, of course, she got scared. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. Yeah. Well, when she got home, she found out she was a woman for the first time. She mm -hmm. started menstruating. So that in itself is death. Having a baby is death. Getting married is death, right? Yeah, you're dying to your old self. Something new is coming. That's so right. that, that represents death. And they always, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I get it now because it's like, why is, why is everyone associate death to like, you're going to die? No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like an mm -hmm. example for myself is like, the old alcoholic Gina, if someone then put my card and says death on there, that means I'm, that's a good thing. Like I'm yep. excited because that means 
transformation for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a good, see, that's the thing. That can be a good thing. Sometimes it's a good card to get. Like, oh, good, good. You know, so some of these negative, seemingly negative cards that come up can actually have some positive meanings. For instance, everyone's also scared of the tower. Well, okay, you get shaken up when you pull it. I do too. But the tower can also mean revelation. It doesn't necessarily mean that some shocking thing is it's going to destroy you okay it doesn't but you may end up with a major revelation that could change things a sudden revelation mm -hmm. wow and those people are scared of the de devil card too oh yes devil is all about materialism attachments obsessions so that actually can represent binge eating alcoholism and all that it can't but there is a positive aspect to the devil too it can mean commitment it can also mean ambition because it is associated with money capricorn is associated with the devil card so there it is so if you want to look at it in a positive way it means ambition and commitment right now any specific cards for specifically for People pleasing in uh, healthy boundaries. I know you pulled out. You said one. Uh, any other ones? Oh, okay. Did I did I say the Queen of? Did you? Yeah, you said the Queen of Swords. Well, the Queen of Swords is all about boundary setting, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The Queen of Swords is all about boundary setting, definitely for for sure, absolutely. Um, I would say the Tower is a good one, especially when somebody does not expect you to be the one with boundaries, and suddenly you set boundaries that shocks them right <laughs> that's yeah. a way to look at it that's a way to look at it and the hermit is also a good one too because that is a card that represents self-reflection and solitude so that can get you thinking mm. okay are my boundaries too weak right because what happens is is when the hermit comes up there's a reason that they're thinking they're they're pulling back and having to reflect so i think that can be related to that right yeah. absolutely i think so yeah i absolutely think so mm -hmm. and i was gonna ask like is because you know i don't know much about like what the cup of or not even cup of wands i don't even <laughs> is oh. there like do they this is a box of the card do they does it come with like what each card represents so you know <laughs> so well here's the thing the Every, well, not every card, not every deck does, but a lot of decks come with a guidebook. Okay. So it explains to you what the meanings are. But the thing is, you don't want to memorize the guidebook. You do need to know what the cards mean. But I encourage people to really get to know the cards because they will develop their own meanings. You have to know the basic meanings, yes. But at the same time, it's important to know the symbolism. It's important to really connect with the cards in an in an, in an intimate way right yeah, absolutely so that's what um that's really what you do you don't no don't don't start memorizing the guidebook just get to know what the mean, cards meaning but practice with them do some like easy three card readings right right now you also are a contributor to the um mm. to, to medium actually right yeah yeah so, oh, so yeah. you write I those are where most of your articles are? Yeah, I write on Medium. I've got my own publication on there called Tarot Talk. It's oh, uh, so getting cool. it's getting bigger now. Um, I'm 
hoping to get 500 followers sometime this year. <laughs> it's right. it's a it's a slow growing publication, but I'm getting more interest with contributors and it's pretty cool. So I write a lot about tarot and you know what there's a lot of contributors they're great they they put a lot of uh, readings and they put a lot of I mean I I don't put readings so much I do a little bit on there but I do daily readings on actually my sub stack instead so I, mean, I may change things a bit I don't know I will have to think about what I'm gonna do yeah and then your your podcast show let's talk mm. about that uh, do you bring guests on and talk about tarot or because i know you're so what is woo woo by the way <laughs> what is woo woo? it's like new age it's new age stuff it's new age stuff just so woo woo like out there no practicality and that's really what real real raw spirituality is not woo woo okay <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so now the thing is I'm starting to bring guests. I am actually booked up until, well, I, I mean, I don't have anything releasing until April now because I'm just so, so it was solo since December. December 1st was my pilot, oh. right? And it's been solo. So the guests that I bring, I have a gimmick. They're not, they're not all about tarot, no, but I do have a gimmick. I have... Every guest that I bring on, I compare them to a tarot card. I introduce them with that's that has to do with the tarot card that um, they're associated with. And then we just start to give them the spotlight. Oh, neat. Yeah. So it's, it, must, it must be so much fun. <laughs> mm. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's it's actually a lot of fun. It's great. So that's on Substack. And it's been it's syndicated on various platforms apple spotify you name it so yeah that's awesome now what advice would you go ahead and give someone who's just beginning to use tarot as a tool to address like even their own people pleasing habits Mm -hmm. so i would just say just start slow i also want to make it clear that tarot is not therapy okay it's i mean not in the medical sense it's not a replacement it's a great addition but it's not a replacement so i believe if somebody's going through some real mental health stuff talk to a licensed or or a psychotherapist anyway but also use tarot as an addition to that to do some self-exploring so start slow make sure you're getting the right help as well because tarot is not there to diagnose you it can't and uh, like I said I'm not a doctor I'm not a therapist and I'm in no way no way in any way to tell you otherwise right so that's really what I what I recommend so use tarot to do some self-exploring but do it slow pull start with one card a day do just start with one card a day and do some self-reflecting now the thing is you may not want to start in the morning because if you pull, say, the tower in the morning, you're going to say, oh, my God, oh, my God, I got to wait for the other shoe to drop. Mm-mm. No, no, I think the best thing to do is reflect on your day and pull a card at night and see what has ha- see what resonates, see what resonates and how like what did you do during the day that was relevant to the card? kind of thing and that's how you start to self-reflect so i i do recommend if you're going to start doing tarot pools to start in the evening not the morning unless you can separate yourself from 
the worry about, oh my God, if I get the Ten of Swords or something, oh no, what's going to happen? What's going to end? No, no, it doesn't. I mean, sometimes weird things does do happen, but other times, no, because I've I pulled the sun in the morning and I've had crap happening to me. Okay. <laughs> so you've been burned. <laughs> yeah, literally. Well, this is there's a dark side to the sun. That's a whole other Oh know. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think I've heard about those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The most the most positive card in the deck actually has a dark side too. Yeah. <laughs> I did actually I did a podcast episode recently about the sun and talked about the dark side. So yeah. Yeah. And um as far as your relationship with yourself, has it changed at all since you started using tarot to help yeah, you with boundary setting? Uh, I definitely know more. I know myself more and I respect myself more because I know what's good for me and what's not good for me. And I'm not going to put up with anything that I know is not good for me. But I also have to know if I don't like something that I'm asked to do, but at the same time, is it really going against my boundary? If it's not, eh, let's see what they can do for me. Make a compromise kind of thing. So that's where, as I said before, it gets a little tricky and I still have to work um, around that. So Yes. And do you still have the same friends too? <laughs> yeah. Are they like, you know, respecting you a little bit more with your Oh, boundaries? yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you know what? I'm very picky with who I hang out with. I really am. Good. I don't really, I don't really relate to many people. I've got a few close friends that I, that I see and they're all right. They're fine. But anyone who is superficial, anyone who's not going to respect me, eh, eh, just stay away. Yes, because I've had many of those in my past, and it's like, why are they even? Why are they even considering my friends? They're, <laughs> They're like not. haters, They're undercover not. haters, and frenemies, oh, sure. and <laughs> it's oh, definitely like, uh, trying to torture—not torture, but bring you down to their yeah. level. It's like, no, no more. So I had to start hanging around with people that I felt like I wanted to align to. I wanted to be like who I we wanted to model you know it, those are the people that I want to just surround myself with and I don't really have like a lot of friends I mm, just have a yeah. lot like a handful of uh, close friends that I've known for a long time that have been supportive throughout my journey Good. and yeah so it's 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 hard it was hard at first but yeah. you'll be much happier that you're like set that boundary like no more get out <laughs> yeah absolutely of course it's always it's always hard at first definitely everything's hard at first when you start something oh my goodness but it's funny though because I didn't even realize that I was shedding the people pleasing but I naturally did once I made that major move with my son I started saying no more I started saying no I'm not going to put up with this I started having boundaries it just naturally came so it was uh I didn't really realize it until a lot later right now after writing your book I mean because I'm in the process of writing a book is oh. does it take a long time because <laughs> right now I've it's been three months since I even touched it and I'm just like oh okay. my goodness you know what's going yeah. on <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? The thing is, it can vary. It depends on... It took me about a year to write that. Between the planning and writing the manuscript and getting it edited, 
It took about a year. Yeah. It did. Maybe even a little more than that, actually. So, you know, sometimes books can take a couple months to write. Sometimes it can take a few years. It really all depends on the the type of material you're putting in and how much how much you're putting in there. That all it's very it's quite variable. Is there a specific chapter in your book that has a lot of significance in a lot of significance to you that you'd like to share to the audience? Oh, well, I do talk, I do share my story in the beginning. I talk about what echoism is and I do share my story. I do. Mm -hmm. I talk about everything that I experienced uh, before I get into the tarot. I talk more about what echoism is and how it affected me. And then I just, uh, bridge over to tarot and then I talk about each of the cards and talk about how each of them do relate to people pleasing in some way and then I go talk about some spreads and talk about the one card pull so that's basically what it is so you do learn a lot about pathological people pleasing and you learn about self-reflection even if you don't use the tarot for looking into why you're a people pleaser per se you can learn about self-reflection with it Right. And I noticed back in the day, I used to always say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. That was yeah. like my favorite phrase. <laughs> I don't even oh, say oh. I'm sorry anymore unless I'm genuinely like truly sorry. Like I, oh, yeah. I Me too. hurt somebody's <laughs> feelings or something like, no, I'm I'm sorry about that. But I used to be like, sorry about everything. And I remember my mentor was like, why are you always saying you're sorry? I'm like, I don't know. Why am I? It goes back to then people pleasing, I think, you know? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing apologizing all the time it's that is also a sign of people pleasing right I do have a small publication I don't really do too much with it on medium it's called the recovering people pleaser because I'm really focusing on my tarot stuff but I've got that there so I've got some material on there as well that is awesome now is there anything upcoming events workshops or any initiatives happening for you in the future well I am planning some stuff i am planning some stuff now as far as anything specific i'm still just sort of mulling it over still in the brainstorming phase i may create a program where i will teach people to use tarot for problem solving and decision making because you Mm -hmm. know what people struggle with making decisions and that does sort of tie into people pleasing too it can not always not always but that's what because you know what tarot is excellent for decision making it absolutely is. Yeah. So your guidance there. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Because it, it that's another, that's a whole other animal right there. Because you know what? So many people procrastinate because they can't decide what they want to do. So the tarot can help you make a decision. Right. Right. Yeah. And so finally, for those interested in actually in exploring tarot for personal growth, what tips or starting points would you go ahead and recommend for them? So here's the thing. So, Okay. I think the first thing you need to do is do some heavy self-reflection. Are you a people pleaser? Just be honest with yourself. Are you a people pleaser? If you say yes, okay, let's do some work. Do you feel that there are underlying issues that are causing you? And usually there are. It doesn't just happen out of nowhere. I mean, I think some people are just more naturally inclined to please others. But usually when it comes to echoism, there is trauma there's trauma there so that's 
if you want to start to really look into this and start setting boundaries and start saying no, you got to uncover why you're a people pleaser and you may need to talk to a therapist. So you talk to a therapist. If you, if you feel that's necessary, use the cards. Now, the thing is, if, if you don't feel like you're really suffering too much within, but you do want to explore a little bit, you can use the cards. That's the thing. If you feel you need a therapist, that's your call. Because if you feel this is something that's a lot more serious, if you've got some underlying trauma there, then you've got to talk to somebody like a trauma-informed therapist, right? Mm-hmm. Because the cards alone aren't going to help you. In fact, you could even you you know use the cards and you may even get a suggestion through that you got to talk to a therapist that's what i was just going to say too yeah Yeah, you can just use the card should i talk to a therapist you know yeah exactly that too yep that's awesome now where can people uh find your book i'm on amazon and uh, i'm also as i said on medium i've got my book showcase on medium mizmir at medium.com i'm also on substack miriam reads tarot at substack.com and um, i'm also on x miriam rachel 75 and um, i'm on instagram too miriam reads tarot but i really haven't done too much with it so i'm gonna have to fix that though (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, well, awesome. Any last thoughts or final final words? Well, all I can say is, you know what? You are worthy. You deserve to have, you, you need to put your needs first. Your needs come first because if you don't put your needs first, you can't help anyone else. You know, you can't. So 100%. That's really the message I want to bring. You matter, your needs come first, then you can start to help others. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Miriam, for being on my show today. Well, thank you for having me. This was great. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety. The other, a personal sharing from my journey, a six-step blueprint towards an alcohol-free life. These are the steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's the word GIFT, G-I-F-T, at 1-855-649-6196. With all of my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.